0: Welcome to episode 173 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR, as always, joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva. And free agency is behind us. The NFL Draft is ahead of us. It is a great time to be alive. Evan, what's going on? What's going
1: on, Adam? we got a 17-game season. Um A lot of implications, a lot lot of fallout from that, especially when we start to talk about team win totals. Um, It would be really nice, I think, if we could get a second buy for each team, but there's been no discussion of that. It's kind of unfair to the players, I think, although they did technically vote this into place. So, um, hey, but it's great for the billionaire owners. So, you know, hey, go America.
0: Yeah, I thought, you know, I can't believe the players let this one get through. They are going to make more money. There's going to be a little bit more revenue to go around, obviously, by adding a game and the players get a share of that. But yeah, it's just so brutal on their bodies. And I actually think that one of the best things about the NFL, one of the reasons it's so popular is that every game is so meaningful. And as you add games, you know, it just makes it that much less meaningful. Like, And you could see players rest. We have this huge problem in the NBA with guys resting all the time. I don't think that's going to happen in the NFL, but it could happen more and it'll make it trickier obviously though for me fr- from a selfish standpoint you know i want to play more dfs slates i want to play more nfl dfs slates and having an extra week is going to create more nfl dfs slates so i'm happy about that but yeah definitely a huge change man like records i mean everything it, it, it's all it's all going to be a huge change people are just kind of sweeping under the rug i mean this is going to be a huge huge change and you know an extra week for you writing matchups and an extra week for everybody working on content oh, it's going to be a don't even lot. talk about it <laughs> don't even talk about it man <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what I wanted to do uh, for
1: this podcast is just kind of you know if you haven't been paying super close attention to the NFL offseason maybe you got really involved in March Madness or you know you're like me and you're you know on on, on your your online sports book all day and you know trying to try to make bets and you know you and you haven't really been focusing on the NFL offseason so to, the, to this point like this is how we're gonna get you caught up um, heading into the draft uh, and also some or all of the win totals uh, are out early. And um, so, so that gives us some some content, some, some material to work off of.
0: Yeah, we're going to touch on win totals here today. We're going to touch on the NFL draft a little bit, but upcoming in the next few weeks here, we will have a full-blown draft preview, probably multiple draft preview podcasts. We'll also have a full-blown win totals podcast. So stay tuned for that. Consider this more of a roster reset, and outlook reset. Before we get into it, I wanted to remind everyone that our 2021 draft kit is live. Our best ball rankings are constantly updating right now. Silva's top 150 is coming soon. Everything you need to be ready for your draft will be in there. Prices $34.99. Of course, we'll update continuously through to week one. Head to the site, establishrent.com, to check that out. All right. We're going to do the NFC here. Evan, we'll start with the NFC. Next podcast will be. The AFC, let's get started with Arizona. Of course, the big news here is Chase Edmonds was the number one winner in the wake of free agency from my article, Kenyon Drake gone. Arizona did not add anyone to the running back position. Only borderline NFL players like, you know, Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward right now are behind Chase Edmonds. In the one game that Kenyon Drake missed last year, Chase Edmonds played on 66 of 69 snaps. And also on the season, he was slot or wide on 27% of his snaps. They think he can play slot or wide lineup as a wide receiver. So, you know, we'll see if they add someone in the draft. They do have the 16th overall pick. They have the 49th overall pick, but they don't have a third round pick. They don't have a fourth round pick. So I'm pretty confident they're going to head into the season with Chase Edmonds as their starter. Talk to me about Arizona.
1: Yeah, only two draft picks in the top 150. So that kind of sets up Chase Edmonds to potentially be able to make it through this draft without the Cardinals Adding big time talent at the running back position. I mean, it, it would be a waste, I would say, with only two picks in the top 150 for the Cardinals to draft a running back. That it would actually be silly. Um, another thing that stood out from their offseason was uh, the fact that they're bringing back four or five starters. And the starter that they're not bringing back, Mason Cole, who they traded to Minnesota, um, they replaced him with Rodney Hudson, a three time Pro Bowler, one of the best centers in the league they got him for a third round pick they gave up their uh, one of their seconds for for DeAndre Hopkins last year uh so uh, their offensive line got better that's good for Chase Edmonds and of course so is this enhanced opportunity that he appears destined to uh to have and they also got better on defense I think they, they still need to make some upgrades to their secondary we're getting J.J. Watt And I I realize that he's on on the back nine of his career, but he's still only 32. Um, You know, he's not done. He was the number seven overall rated uh, uh, interior or edge uh, defender by PFF last year out of like 127. So, I mean, he can absolutely still play and affect the game. Um, And they've got Chandler Jones up front. I mean, they've got a lot of talent in their defensive front seven. Isaiah Simmons entering his second season. Um, So I think that they... And their win total right now is eight. I think if and I haven't not I have not placed a per, a personal bet on them yet, but at minus one ten, eight wins. I mean, I think that they can get over. I think that if you're going to bet it, I think you you take the over on Arizona.
0: Yeah, I still am skeptical about Cliff Kingsbury as an NFL head coach, but yeah, eight seems about right to me for them. Also, would note they added AJ Green. I think AJ Green has a little bit more in the tank than Larry Fitzgerald did, but that doesn't mean he has a lot left in the tank we did note on one of the previous podcasts expecting Christian Kirk to move into the slot now which we think will be a benefit for him let's go to the Atlanta Falcons Mike Davis obviously looks like a winner for now with Todd Gurley still on the street Mike Davis signed to be their starter presumably they do have the fourth overall pick the 35th overall pick the 68th overall pick I think the big question for the Falcons heading into this draft will be do they go quarterback At number four overall, Matt Ryan will turn 36 in May. You can make a case that there are four quarterbacks with with viability to go in the top four picks of the draft. What do you think about what Atlanta has done and what they'll do at number four overall?
1: So I think that they're going to optimize their offense to a greater extent than they did under Dirk Cutter. Uh, Arthur Smith, one of the most progressive forward thinking, you know, just uh maximizers of talent uh as he showed in two years in tennessee now going to be the head coach in atlanta they're bringing back a lot of firepower on offense calvin ridley julio jones although i i know he he missed like half the season essentially last year but he's still ranked really high in uh, in yards per route run um Their offensive line, they're bringing back three of five starters, their best three offensive linemen, Caleb McGarry, Chris Lindstrom. Both those guys were first-round picks a couple of years ago. And then Jake Matthews. And they got rid of their worst two offensive linemen. Alex Mack really took a step back. He went to uh, San Francisco. Uh, They're replacing him with Matt Hennessey, uh, who's a guy that they drafted early um, a couple of years ago. People thought he might be a first-round pick. Um, They they got him, I think, at at the top of the third and then they gave a second-round tender to Matt Gano, um, a guy who made a bunch of starts for them. And he's going to replace James Carpenter, who was a liability, hasn't even been signed yet. Uh, they cut him, and they're going with Matt Gano. He, he's going to uh, take over at left guard. So I like to look at their offense as a whole. I think that they're going to be bad on defense. Again, they play a ton of games indoors, as we know, a ton of games in you know quality uh, weather conditions. I think they're going to optimize their offense under Arthur Smith. I don't know if they're going to win a ton of games or win total of seven. I, I could go either way on that. Uh, but I do think that they're going to, they're going to rebound offensively. I also think that they might take a quarterback though uh, up, up toward the the top of the first round.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, man. You know, if you think that one of these guys, Trey Lance or whoever else is there at number four, if you have even a close to top 10 grade or top 15 grade on him, you know, Matt Ryan at age 36, I think, you know, it's time to start grooming matt ryan's eventual replacement
1: yeah and mike davis right now sits pretty much alone atop the depth chart at running back uh which is nice but this is a team that unlike arizona has a bunch of picks. the falcons have seven picks in the first five rounds so mike davis is not entirely safe right now
0: yep okay carolina mike davis's former team big story to me for carolina's offseason was striking out at quarterback um, they offered a trade for Matthew Stafford. Reportedly, it was Teddy Bridgewater, the number eight overall pick and a fifth rounder for Matthew Stafford. Struck out on that. They made a play for Russ Wilson, reportedly. Struck out on that. They've been linked to Deshaun Watson, but that is a mess now with the off-field allegations. I have no idea if Carolina is still interested into Deshaun Watson. So here they sit at number eight in the draft. The owner wants a new quarterback. The coaches want an upgrade on Teddy Bridgewater, but options are running out. So to me, I still think they try to make a big splash, in the draft and try to get something going at quarterback, but yeah, there's not that many options right now for them. What do you think about what Carolina's done?
1: And their owner is like a guy that I think is willing to be very aggressive. Oh yeah. So, and and I mean, he's also a guy that's been pretty hands-on. So I, I you know, I would definitely would not rule out them trying to make a move up for Trey Lance or Justin Fields or maybe even Mac Jones. Um, they're they're sitting at number eight. They, I think that they would be willing to part with future draft capital. So I, you know, I, I would not rule them out uh, from from making a um, from making a move. They lost Curtis Samuel. They got a big hole at their at their third receiver, but they did go out and sign Dan Arnold, a guy who could flash that he could stretch the field um, in Arizona when he got opportunities. Uh, I think that he's a guy that we'll be talking about a little bit. They're remaking their offensive line. Um, you know, I, they're, they're definitely still a team in transition. Christian McCaffrey is going to be an interesting guy to to talk about this year coming off an injury ruined season.
0: Yeah, I thought that it was slight upgrades for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson with Curtis Samuel and his 97 targets leaving replaced by David Moore. You mentioned Dan Arnold, but still, if they can get an upgrade at quarterback, DJ Moore and Robbie, I think, uh, are pretty solid fantasy winners uh, coming out of this free agency period. All right, Chicago Bears, Evan, your hometown Chicago Bears. One of my favorite tweets of the offseason from the Bears official account, all their tweets said was QB1, and then it had a picture of Andy Dalton. I mean, whoever did that, I know it was probably just some social media inter, but you're just asking to be ridiculed on social media. The Chargers, uh, they should take a page out of the Chargers social media book. It's the best. But yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing when you just say QB1, and you have a picture of Andy Dalton. I'd also consider David Montgomery a loser here. Tariq Cohen reportedly healthy. They also had Damian Williams, uh, the former chief who opted out for COVID last year. They added Damian Williams too. And I think Damian Williams can play. He'll be fresh after a year off. Tariq Cohen will obviously be using passing situations. So that massive usage we saw from David Montgomery down the stretch where he was averaging close to 24 touches per game just doesn't seem likely or even possible as long as Damian and Tariq are there. So to me, Dave Montgomery, a pretty big loser. What do you think about what the bears have done?
1: Yeah. And they struck out. I mean, they tried to go after Kenny Gallagher. They tried to go after some receivers in free agency and they just, they just whiffed on all of them. Uh, there were rumors that they were trying to trade Anthony Miller that never came to fruition. Um, I guess that would be, this is all good news for Allen Robinson. Um, he's still going to be a target monster. I know that, you know, he's going to go another season with subpar quarterback play, but He's been able to get it done. You know, he's been a quarterback proof producer. And the way that Matt Nagy uses him in the slot, getting him a lot of high percentage routes, you know, that really works in his favor. And it looks like Darnell Mooney is going to come back safely as the number two after a pretty promising rookie year. We saw Cole Komet overtake Jimmy Graham down the stretch last year. He could potentially be in store for a second year leap. But yeah, David Montgomery, I think, is probably
0: going to end up being a fade for us. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Dallas. Um, and this is one I'm I'm surprised, man. They're the betting favorite to win the NFC East at plus 105. Their win toll is nine and a half. The under is minus 134. I know they have some draft capital. 10th, 44th, 75th, 99th, 115th. I mean, five picks in the top 115. Okay. But man, even when Dak was healthy last year, I mean, this team could not stop anyone. And maybe you're going to sit here and tell me they've improved on defense. I'm actually not even... Sure. But still, I think under nine and a half is solid. And I I think that the Giants and the Washington football team are not that far behind Dallas in terms of how they'll play out this year. Maybe I'm crazy. When you signed Dak Prescott to $160 million deal, which I think was the right move, but still you can't make a lot of moves. It was a really quiet free agency period for Dallas. What do you think about them?
1: Yeah, I think that they are just relying on Dan Quinn being the answer to their, you know, defensive problems. I mean, and certainly when we, we criticize their, their hiring of Mike Nolan. I mean, who had been like out of football for a, a period of time. You know, he was just like Mike McCarthy's old buddy from San Francisco. Um, you know, a total cronyism hire uh, that just did that, that backfired on them sp- spectacularly. And now they, I think that they think that hiring Dan Quinn is going to remedy that. We'll have to see. I think their, their offense is going to be super explosive though. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's pushing all the chips back in on this offense. You know, they had so many offensive line injuries last year. Pretty much all those guys are coming back healthy, and then the reserves behind them wound up getting a ton of experience. So now they're theoretically like loaded up with depth. Their starters are coming back. Um, Dak is back. You know, maybe the best three receiver set in the league. And Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. Blake Jarwin is coming back at tight end. You know, th- this team should be able to compete for the league lead in in, in, in points per game.
0: Yeah, I, I have concerns that they're so like pot committed to Zeke that when they should be throwing, when they should be getting Tony Pollard on the field, there's going to be a lot of Zeke three, four yard carries, which isn't great. But yeah, I still think the offense is mm. going to be awesome. Um, awesome for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Hopefully you guys got some of that Washington football team plus 400 that was out there. That's down to plus 275 there. And now you can get the Giants. And we'll talk about the Giants in a second here. Giants are still plus 475. Like there's no way to me the Giants can be plus 475 to win the NFCs, and Dallas Cowboys can be plus 105. Just crazy.
1: Yeah. You know, I took Dallas at 31
0: to win the Super Bowl. So 30 to one. Yeah. 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 I mean, that would just, I mean, that would absolutely shock me, but it it would shock me, but you know, 30 to one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Detroit Lions. You know, I think a lot of people in the fantasy community, and rightfully so, were excited about DeAndre Swift, um, the ideal skill set we look for in fantasy. But this was not the best run out, I don't think, for DeAndre Swift. They bring in this old school coaching staff. They get rid of Matthew Stafford and replace him with Jared Goff. They add Jamal Williams, who coaches love, and Jamal Williams can certainly play. In the past game. So, yeah, not the best run out, I don't think, for DeAndre Swift. Winners in terms of fantasy, I thought were Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams. We talked about them in the last podcast. I mean, unless they spend picks on wide receivers early, Brashad Perriman and Tyrell with will- the Gazelle are going to enter the season as the number one and number two wide receivers. They also obviously have Hawkinson and Swift, as I mentioned, will play plenty in the past game. What do you think about the Lions? Oof. Team total of five. Uh, team win total of five
1: is uh, almost disrespectful, but warranted. For in a 17-game season,
0: five in a 17-game exactly. season. Yeah. Exactly, exactly.
1: Uh, man, I'll tell you what. I think that DeAndre Swift is actually maybe in a really good spot because, okay. I mean, the, the Jamal Williams is, is addition is the, by far the biggest issue. But this team's offensive line is like the strength of the team. They're returning all five starters on the offensive line. Um, they're going to be bad, and that actually has benefited uh, DeAndre Swift. You know, and, and I mean, I think that he's going to be in there when they're trailing. Um, I think that you know Anthony Lynn, being a running backs coach by trade, now being their offensive coordinator, you know, I think that that can, can be a, a solid factor for DeAndre Swift. I mean, he you know at least to some extent orchestrated uh, Austin Eckler's uh, rise to prominence with the Chargers. Um, just this defense is going to be awful. And I think that that can be good for Deion and and the offensive line is going to be good. I think that can be good for DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson in particular. You know, they've got nothing at receiver. I mean, we're talking about their their top three receivers might be Rashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams and Geronimo Allison. I think we're going to get TJ Hawkinson into more routes this year. They also picked up Josh Hill, who Dan Campbell knows from. Uh, New Orleans he's more of a blocking tight end he can take some of that blocking relief off of T.J. Hawkinson I think T.J. Hawkinson is in a breakout position the Lions are missing 334 targets from last year's roster Uh, there's just a a lot of available opportunity in Detroit and and Jared Goff although I think he's you know an average to below average quarterback I mean he's definitely not incompetent. he can get the ball to the playmakers.
0: Uh, you just offended uh, Quintes Cephas Twitter by not mentioning him there oh. uh, during your, you mentioned Geronimo Allison before Quintez Cephas. I'm not sure you're aware.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it'll be Quintez Cephas. I don't know. it would be a very exciting camp battle. <laughs>
0: okay. Let's go to Green Bay. Um, another free agency session goes by and the Packers don't add help for Aaron Rodgers in terms of pass game weaponry. Like, you know, they're, they were already up against the cap and they blew every, uh, the space that they had left. They blew it on Aaron Jones. So for now, at least, it's Lazard, MVS, ESB across from Devontae. However, this is another loaded class of wide receivers, I think. And they do have the 29th pick, the 62nd pick, the 92nd pick. Uh, But who knows? They could always take, you know, more third string quarterbacks and running backs and fullbacks and stuff like that. Wintel here is 10 and a half. Under is plus 118. My thought on this was that Aaron Rodgers would need another, like, absolutely superhuman season. I don't know if we can bet on that. So I kind of think that under is an interesting player, especially at plus 118. But what do you think about Green Bay?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the thing is that the division really is is still very unimposing. You know, the Lions got worse. Um, you know, the Bears really didn't get better. And, um, you know, it's just... I don't know, you know the the Vikings. I, I think they'll they'll be all right, maybe. So th- that's the only thing. And I, I my initial thought was the same as yours, but then when I started to look at into their schedule a little bit more, and we're it's still a little early to look into schedules, but um, I, I kind of talked myself out of it. I, I wanted to bet the under, but then I talked myself out of it. But yeah, I mean they never got involved with Will Fuller. It didn't seem like in free agency. Um, you know, we we talked about how Aaron Jones is in a, an even better spot than he's been in the past couple of years with no Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams gone uh, to uh, Detroit. Their offensive line, again, looks studly. They did lose their center, Corey Lindsley, but I think they're going to kick Elgin Jenkins, who's been a stud at left guard and came into the league, projected to be a center, move him into, uh, into center, and then start John Runyon at left guard, and then they're bringing all their other starting offensive linemen back. So another year of great offensive line play in Green Bay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, what they do in the draft at at the receiver position uh, is probably going to be the biggest storyline from a fantasy standpoint in the draft.
0: Yeah, I've been arguing a little bit with Leone and Herzig about Aaron Jones versus Alvin Kamara. We're going to have those guys on the podcast soon to debate that uh, in full. But, yeah, I actually think that Aaron Jones, I I might take Aaron Jones over Kamara. I know that's not the way we have it in the staff rankings right now, but I actually do think that that's um, a play that I would personally make right now. And we'll get into that debate later. Rams, one of the biggest trades of the offseason. They get Matthew Stafford. And also, you know, not only they get uh, uh, clarity there, they also get clarity at running back. They moved on from that waste of carries, Malcolm Brown. They move on from Gerald Everett, so we have clarity on Tyler Higbee. And yeah, I thought Higbee was one of the bigger winners of free agency. I know I've said this before, and I know that it was a perfect storm. But when Gerald Everett missed the final five games of 2019, Tyler Higbee went 7-107-1, 0 12 11, 0 9 104, zero, and 8-84-1. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers in the NFL, good wide receivers in the NFL, not capable of doing that over a five-game stretch. At the tight end position, there's like no one, I mean, no one outside of like Kelsey that is capable, and Kittle maybe, uh, that is capable of doing that, and maybe Waller. So like, I, you know, just to have that in Higby's range is so unique to me, even if it flames out. At least we took a swing on upside on Tyler Higby. So I thought he was one of the biggest winners. I know you think the Rams are going to be very good this season. Talk to me about them.
1: Yeah, I do, and and I, I like that they threw the dart at Deshaun Jackson. I know that he's you know a poor bet to stay healthy. He's played in what eight games over the past two seasons combined. But I do like like that they took that swing. Um, I'm with you on Tyler Higby. Um, I th- this is another team. Their their offensive line kind of grew together last year, and they're bringing back their 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 all five starters. Uh, I like that. I think that this has a chance to be the best offense that Sean McVay has run during his time as the head coach of the Rams uh, with Matthew Stafford being a big upgrade uh, over Jared Goff from a talent standpoint. And they really didn't lose almost anything of significance. Uh, They're better at running back. I think that they'll be better at at tight end this year. Um, I think that they can continue to get better on the offensive line. Robert Woods is back. Cooper Cup is back. You know, Deshaun Jackson is... If they can keep him healthy, just give me twelve games of Deshaun Jackson, um, and, he, and he can he can elevate the offense.
0: Yeah, agreed. And and you know the market is definitely on the Rams uh, for sure. I mean, people are well aware of that. As you've mentioned before, this Stafford really low odds comparatively to some of these other long shots to win MVP. Okay, Minnesota. This might be a spot where uh, we might disagree a little bit. I because you you mentioned you thought the division was really weak. I actually think Minnesota has a chance to make a leap. They made they didn't make much noise at offense at skill positions in free agency, but I thought they made some good ads on defense. Davlin Tomlinson, Xavier Woods, Patrick Peterson. I don't know what Patrick Peterson has left, but you know, Patrick Peterson is in the mix now. And just Mike Zimmer, I have a lot of respect for what he can do with a defense. And then you also have, you know, an offense. I mean, they hit on Justin Jefferson, man. I mean, they hit big on Justin Jefferson. He can make a huge, huge, huge difference. They move on from Kyle Rudolph, you know, get Irv Smith in there for more work. So I think Minnesota can actually be pretty decent, pretty good this year. Over eight and a half is even money on the win total right now. I thought that was at least interesting. Am I crazy here to think that the Vikings can win nine, 10, 11 games?
1: No, I mean, you, you present a fair argument. Another thing working, I I'm still worried about the offensive line. This offensive line is, I I think that when Brandon Thorne comes out with his rankings, like they're going to be bottom five. Um, and then I, I just – I don't know if they can generate enough pass rush on defense, um, but I, I, I hear you uh, with, with your arguments. They also have a ton of draft capital. They have eight picks in the top 150. They've got two third-round picks, four fourth-round picks, two fifth-round picks, two sixth-round picks. Um, I like that they did get younger uh, on offense. Uh, moving on from Kyle Rudolph, uh, Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin, I think is just a more dynamic – Duo then, than what they've been trotting out there recently. I think we can get Irv Smith. If we can get him in like in the 70% playing time range, you know, look out. I think that he could be a top 10 fantasy tight end.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Another team with an interesting win toll. And this is really hard because there's so much going on with New Orleans. And that's part of the problem with the Camara projection. It's really hard because we don't even know if it's going to be Taysom or it's going to be Jameis. But in the offseason, the Saints have lost Drew Brees. They've lost Manny Sanders. They've lost Jared Cook. They still have one of the NFL's best offensive lines. But yeah. I don't know, man. Like I like Jamison fantasy. I don't love him in real life. Taysom, you know, I, I, I don't know what to think about Taysom obviously in fantasy, his ability to run is huge, but I think it's a huge downgrade for Alvin Kamara. And that's one of the things that we'll be debating with Leonie and Herzig. Win total is nine right now on the saints. How do you get a read on what the saints are doing right now?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty low win total. And I noticed that our on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet, uh, teams to either make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. And I bet the Saints to not make the playoffs at minus 106. Um, and then I saw their win total and I was like, I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs if they're, if they're you know, they're only going to win nine games. So um, I, I wouldn't bet their win total. I would just bet them to not make the playoffs if, if you know, if, if that's it, uh, if I wanted to bet on or against the Saints. Uh, I talked to Underhill about the Saints last night and he's he says they, they love Adam Troutman you know Adam Troutman finished number one among uh, 84 qualifiers 84 qualifier qualified tight ends in run blocking last year he was a plus athlete coming out of Dayton hyper productive uh, receiving tight end now he's got a ton of opportunity with no Jared Cook with no um, uh, Josh Hill and all they signed was Nick Vinette really to, to compete for um, playing time at tight end so Adam Troutman is a guy I think that could take a, a big leap then I asked him about his young receivers about the Saints young receivers and Underhill thinks that Traquan Smith is the best bet to emerge behind Michael Thomas he thinks that like a different getting a different quarterback a different style of quarterback could benefit Traquan Smith and then after that he likes Marquez Callaway a lot
0: yeah, I always thought Traequan could play. It's just I don't know, man. It's with Jameis in there, I'd be much, much, much more excited about right. about yeah. Traequan, obviously for sure. Like they know. have this,
1: they have this glut of like young receivers, like Deontay behind Michael Michael Thomas, like Deont- you know, and, and Emmanuel Sanders obviously is gone. Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, uh, Juwan Johnson, Little Jordan Humphrey, Traquan Smith. And so I don't know. I think we'll, we'll be monitoring which guy kind of emerges as that number two in training camp.
0: Uh, DFS players probably remember Adam Troutman. I think he was like 30 percent owned or like 35 percent owned at stone minimum. One week when Jared Cook was a surprise scratch and Adam Troutman caught zero balls in that game. And everybody said, you know, they were victory lapping in hindsight, how bad Adam Troutman was. I still maintain that it wasn't bad. And maybe if Troutman has a good year this year, that'll be uh, a way to shut everybody up about the Adam Troutman airball. Giants. I mean, we've crushed David Gettleman on here a lot. I thought they made some sharp moves. You know, the flyer on John Ross, I like. Maybe they overpaid a little bit on Kenny Galladay, but I like the player. Maybe they overpaid on Kyle Rudolph, but I think he can at least help, I guess. Um, I think they really need to address offensive line in the draft because Daniel Jones is a mess. When he's pressured, he's just a mess with turnovers. But this team has a chance, and and at least they've put Daniel Jones in a position where they can evaluate him. You know, it's like if you don't give a guy any weapons or any scheme and we know the scheme is gonna be bad with Jason Garrett you got to give him some players and at least he has players now so they can evaluate him over seven minus 110 is a bet that I like on the Giants again I'm under on Cowboys over on Giants and Washington football team is where I would think about the NFC East right now what do you think about our boy Gettleman and the Giants yeah I think
1: that he had a really good offseason I think offensively and defensively he made a lot of like plus uh, expected value moves um Getting Kenny Galladay in there, I think, is going to elevate other players. I think it's going to make Darius Slayton better. It's going to move Sterling Shepard into the slot, um, and and that's going to make – he's been a better slot receiver than perimeter receiver in his career. But, yeah, this offensive line still needs a lot of work. They just need to fire picks at the offensive line. Um, Maybe even look at, you know, some veterans that maybe get cut toward training camp. I mean, this is still –
0: this is still this offensive line is still very much a work in progress, oh yeah eagles big trade that they made last week should not have been surprising to anyone who has listened to this podcast. The Eagles move out of the number six spot back to the number twelve spot and they get a 20, 2022 first rounder from the dolphins. Note that the Eagles evan now have three first round picks in twenty twenty two their own this dolphins' pick I just mentioned and the Colts pick from the Carson Wentz trade. And on top of that, they get they get a year to see what they have in Jalen Hurts, who went absolutely nuclear in fantasy at the end of last season. You know, I don't know about real life, but in fantasy, Jalen Hurts went absolutely nuclear. I do think they need weaponry help, you know, like Jalen Rager, Travis Fulham, Greg Ward. Like, that isn't it. And so now they're picking 12th. They kind of took themselves, maybe they took themselves out of the Jamar Chase sweepstakes. I don't know if they're in the Devontae Smith sweepstakes anymore or not, but I would love to see them use their first round pick have get more weapons for Jalen hurts. What do you think about what the Eagles have done?
1: Yeah, I think that they're approaching this sort of um, soft rebuild, right. They have in addition to what, to what they have uh, in 2022 this year, they have 11 picks. They have four top 85 picks. Hmm. Um, I think Jalen hurts is going to wreck in fantasy, regardless of what is around him. And by the way, their offensive line, I think is going to be good if they can get these guys back and, and, and keep them healthy. And that's been a big problem on their offensive line is keeping their their, their starters healthy. But they're pretty much getting every key guy back up front. And, um, they I mean, they, they've got some young talent. I mean, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rieger, Travis Fulham flashed last year. Um, I, I think they've got enough for Jalen Hurts to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback and maybe even a top five fantasy quarterback, assuming that he can, you know, play well enough to hang on to the job all year, but they they have set this up for Jalen Hurts to have a full season as Jeffrey Lurie wanted them to do. Um, and that that makes him a really because his dual threat is he's, he's dynamic.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that he didn't go nuclear last year because you'd be if, if he didn't get any starts at all last year, you'd be able to get him so cheap and obvious to anyone paying attention. He's the exact kind of quarterback that we want. We're above ADP on him in our best ball rankings, but it's getting harder and harder. I mean, people are on Jalen Hurts now for yeah. sure.
1: I, I wonder if Miles Sanders might go a little bit overlooked this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, people are definitely tilted from last year on, on Miles Sanders. That's for sure. One other note on the Eagles, I mean, they're laughably have held on to Zach Ertz. They're still trying to get like, you know, a fifth or a sixth rounder for him. Maybe they will. I don't know. But obviously there's no market for Zach Ertz, no real market right now for Zach Ertz, but you still expect them to move on from Ertz one way or the other here and go with Goddard exclusively. San Francisco. So blockbuster deal kind of uh, early, you know, a lot of these draft trades happen closer to the draft. This was early blockbuster deal with the Dolphins. Niners move up from number 12 to number three. Obviously, they're doing this for quarterback, which brings into play two questions. First of all, which QB does Kyle Shanahan have his eye on, assuming that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are gone? And also, what will they do with Jimmy G? So what was your reaction to this blockbuster trade? Niners moving up to number three, and what do you think they end up doing? Well, I mean,
1: the ensuing buzz was that the 49ers had traded up for Mac Jones, um, which, I mean, it kind of strains belief to me that they would trade – they would essentially trade three first-round picks and a third-round pick to go get Mac Jones as opposed to Justin Fields or um, uh, Trey Lance with with the skill set that those guys bring to the table. I mean, I think that Mac Jones, it looks like, you know – probably projects as a solid starter in the NFL. These other guys, you know, and especially with the way that the league is trending, these other guys are dynamic, explosive dual threats with explosive arm talent. And I don't know. I mean, a lot of plugged-in people like Daniel Jeremiah. And Daniel Jeremiah, is, he talks to everybody in the NFL. Um, and he's been saying that he thinks that, that it will be Mac Jones. I mean, Schefter has hinted at it, Chris Mortensen. So, look, those guys know more than me. But um, I, it's still, it, it's it's tough for me to believe.
0: Well, well one aspect of it is how does, uh, I mean, I assume Kyle Shanahan knows to give up that much, but everything that I saw had Mac Jones, they could have gotten him at 12, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, but they must have heard that somebody else was high on Mac Jones, if like that's really who they want. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, either way, Kyle Shanahan, whatever quarterback lands there, you're going to have Kyle Shanahan, who we obviously know is a talent maximizer, statistical maximizer. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. I mean, that's pretty nice no matter what quarterback lands there. They also, in the offseason, they almost lost Trent Williams, but they get him back on a $138 million contract. They get Trent Williams back on. So yeah, I mean, this team is set up pretty well, I think, no matter who lands there at quarterback, what do you think generally of their offseason?
1: Yeah, pretty good. I mean, pretty good. I it'll be interesting to see, you know, the the rhetoric is that. Uh, the 49ers are going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and that would actually align with uh, going with Justin Fields or, or Trey Lance, who are not not necessarily considered as pro ready as Mac Jones. So if they did keep Garoppolo, you know, he could be like the Alex Smith and then Fields or Lance could be the the Patrick Mahomes and they could make that transition that way uh, up front. They're bringing back four or five offensive line starters. Alex Mack, he's getting older. He wasn't as good last year. Uh, but he is going to take over at the center spot, which it was a big trouble spot for them last year. Uh, and he's played for Kyle Shanahan before in Atlanta. So he's going to be able to pick up the system, obviously, you know, immediately they didn't do really anything at the running back position. Um, so we got Mostert, Jeff Wilson, uh, Jermichael Hasty coming back. And so that'll be a big talking point, assuming that they don't make any other big additions. Matt yeah. Rita's gone.
0: Yeah, that'll be totally fine. I mean, I think all three of those guys can certainly play and, and can fill roles for sure. Uh, Seattle, you know, I, I know there was a lot of people who like thought Russ was gone. He like Bible verses he was quoting and stuff like that. I, I actually never thought that the Russ stuff was real. Like, I get that Pete Carroll and these guys are run the damn ball donkeys, right? I get that they're not such big donkeys that they'd give up Russ Wilson in the prime of his career. So really, the band is back together. Russ. They just gave Tyler Lockett an extension, D.K. Metcalf, they bring Chris Carson back. They do they add Gerald Everett to the tight end rotation. You know, I think that Seattle, like when you have Russ plus 300 to win the division, I think is really good. The Rams and the 49ers are both plus 180. You know, I think Seattle is not that far behind the Rams and 49ers right now. Um, what do you think of Seattle's off-season?
1: Yeah, and I also like how they acquired Gabe Jackson, who's going to be a big upgrade mm-hmm. to their offensive line. The Raiders were just giving away all their offensive linemen. Seattle stepped up to the plate. Um, win total of nine, nine and a half. I mean, I, I think that I think I like the over on that at minus 110. Um, I'm with you there. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, they, they've made big moves in the passing game. Gabe Jackson is an excellent pass blocking guard. Uh, they brought in Everett. They extended Lockett. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to compromise, you know, reach a a compromise with Russ. And Russ has now been tweeting positive things about the Seahawks. So that's a good sign as well. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we we went or the the rhetoric went a little too far in one direction early in the offseason, you know?
0: Yeah, I think his words were just taken out, not out of context, but they were taken in a way that was like so negatively slanted towards Seattle and I th- i don't think he really ever meant that he just said hey I want to play until I'm 40 I-, I need better offensive linemen you know whatever I mean it's not I want to leave Seattle so yeah Bucks for the first time since 1979 it's 1979 42 years ago for the first time since then a Super Bowl champ will return all 22 starters I mean this is insane this is unheard of in today's NFL to win the Super Bowl and get your entire team back they get Chris Godwin back on the franchise tag Lenny Fournette test the market but realizes that there is no real market he's back on a one-year deal obviously Tom Brady Rob Gronkowski return they enter the season as the number two choice to win the Super Bowl in markets at plus 750 behind only the Chiefs at plus 500 oh and I didn't even mention they're getting back OJ Howard I mean OJ Howard reports that he is close to full health we know OJ Howard is a serious baller when he is healthy if inconsistent so hard not to be optimistic about Tampa right now it's just crazy I mean Tom Brady 44 years old and you know nobody's even thinking that he's going to take a step back this year and you know just totally broken the age model
1: yeah not a whole lot really to cover here I mean you know we we know exactly what we're getting from the Tampa Bay Bucs this year you know I think that Leonard Fournette should he deserves to uh, enter the season as the Bucks' number one running back um, but they're still going to use Ronald Jones. And Bruce Arians is predicting a breakout year for Keyshawn Vaughn, too. So, uh, but I, we, you know, we, we know the content of, of this roster. We know what they're going to try to do offensively. I would say that the biggest potential obstacle would be finally Tom Brady, you know, reaching the reaching the cliff. But, man, I mean, the way that he played down the stretch last year after their bye uh, in particular, I mean, he he was as good as new.
0: Just insane. Also, for, the guys, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm wearing my uh, Chris Godwin, uh, you know, after the touchdown against the Falcons two years ago on his knees, praising the Lord. Shout out to to the God himself, Chris Godwin. Uh, and also a listener sent this to me. I actually uh, forget his name, but thank you to whoever sent that to me. OK, Washington football team. We talked about this so much already. Uh, I mean, I legit think a top three defense, especially with the addition of William Jackson. And then on offense, they add Ryan Fitz. They add Curtis Samuel. Their win total is only eight games in a 17-game season. They're going to be playing a first-place schedule uh, after winning the NFC East last year. But still, I I mean, I think that over eight is a great bet. I thought those plus 400s to win the NFC East was great too. I don't know, man. I I hate being too high on Daniel Snyder here, but I really think that this is a really, really good team. How can Daniel Snyder mess this one up?
1: Yeah, I mean, if he starts uh, getting on the phone and making the draft picks himself like he has been doing for the last 20 years, uh, that, you know, that could piss some people off. But no, I mean, Ron Rivera, like he did not put up with Dan Snyder's BS, you know. So um, I think Ron Rivera, you know, maybe I don't it's like there's like a cycle in, in Washington, like every three or four years, it's like, oh, well, Dan Snyder finally take a step back and mm-hmm. and keep his keep his hand out of the, um, the cookie jar. Uh, and I don't know, hopefully, hopefully Ron Rivera can stave him off for a couple of years. But yeah, we've, we've talked about this. This offense has a chance to be very explosive. I still think that they, they need talent on the left side of their offensive line. Uh, the right side looks good. Morgan Moses, Brandon Scherf, Chase Roulier coming back. Uh, but I think that they need more competition, more talent on the left side uh, at left tackle and left guard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and they've got four picks in the top 85. I bet them to win the division uh, when it was at, what, plus 300. Um, I'm with you on the uh, the over on their win total, even at minus 121. Uh, eight wins. I, I like the over there. We're going to see – I think we're going to see a lot less J.D. McKissick and a lot more shots downfield to Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas.
0: Yeah, and, and I think they could even use a pick, one of these uh, top 85 picks that you mentioned, that wide receiver. Obviously, they need to address – Offensive line, as you mentioned, as well to shore up a couple spots there. But yeah, Washington looking like one of our favorite teams early on in this offseason. Okay, we've said it all about the NFC. We'll be back next episode to go team by team to do a little bit of reset with the AFC. If if you've enjoyed this, we'd appreciate it if you head to YouTube, hit subscribe on this podcast, head to iTunes and hit subscribe there as well. It is, of course, free. We'll be here all offseason for Evan. For Producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.